0: This has been a whirlwind season of Holy Moly. It has me asking questions like, who am I? Why am I here? I'm pretty sure I'm not an admiral, but it's been hard to keep track of one of the fastest seasons of Holy Moly to date. We're here to help you out, so don't blink or you'll miss the podcast. Greetings and salutations. I'm Tom, otherwise known as Mr. T, and I've been a traveling man iowa california wisconsin and illinois on top of minnesota have been places i played mini golf and worked on some fun projects over the last three weeks i'm half of a couple putts with my wife robin find all the mini golf designs reviews and more for myself and the pink putter at a putts.com and on social media at couple putts and i'm pat the co-founder of the mini golf website and social media conglomerate
1: putting band. This summer marks 21 years of reviewing miniature golf courses and nearly 20 years of being in the competitive mini-golf arena. You can find all of our reviews at puttingpenguin.com. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook. We've got a big backlog of reviews out there, so keep stopping by every month or so, and you'll see brand new content on our website and across all of those channels. And while you're out there on the interwebs, don't forget to follow us here at the podcast at Podcast Mini and subscribe and
0: like us on all your favorite podcasting channels. And in case you didn't know it, this is the official podcast of the American Mini Golf Alliance, the AMA. Our organizer crew, including myself and Pat, include a number of Holy Moly alums and mini golf enthusiasts who are organizing to bring people together that are passionate about the game. Become a member for free at amaminigolf.com And we'll send you a member card in the mail. If you become a member recently, those member cards are going out soon. I promise. Like I said, it's been a super, super, super busy summer. But we're going to kick off with some news before we talk some holy moly. And you can put one ready.
1: So the... Big tournament in the world was June 17th and 19th in Kupio, Finland. And that was the World Adventure Golf Masters. It's the first time that that tournament's been played since the pandemic. So we go back to 2019 when it was held in Sweden. And like I said, that's sponsored and run by the World Mini Golf Sport Federation. It's the biggest adventure style tournament that we have. And Team USA sent over five putters for that tournament. And we managed to come away with the senior women's bronze and like to congratulate AMA member and friend of the podcast, Vinette Block, for winning another medal over there for Team USA. Way to go, Vinette. On the top of the leaderboard were in many divisions, a bunch of our Finnish friends as well. But Aki Silman was the big winner. He came in first in the general class men's. He was the overall title winner. He won gold in the mixed pairs and gold in the team's title. So one of the most decorated Wagam winners that we have had across the board. He had recently won the Finnish Adventure Golf Masters, which was held on the same course. So I guess a little bit of a home field advantage there for mm-hmm. him and the rest of the Finns. But, you know, that's how it goes. The course looked absolutely beautiful on the water, except for the last day, which did get live streamed when the rain came in. But some great examples of players playing through the weather, still being absolutely phenomenal putters. And if you go to the Wagum 22 Facebook page or the WMF Facebook page, you could actually go back and watch replays of those live streams. If you want to see some of the best competitive miniature golfers in the world battle it out. So congrats to everyone. Looking forward to the 2023 event, which I believe is still in Austria and yeah, you know, we'll cover it when more details come up.
0: Yeah, and talk about FOMO just watching. Mm. It was it was beautiful looking course next to a lake in Finland and just the camaraderie, the seriousness about the putting, but just following people on social media, it looked like a blast. I would have loved to have been there, but Kudos to everybody for making a great tournament come together and really the way it was covered between players sharing out and the tournament organizers doing live streams. They're setting the bar to what we hope will be future tournaments around the world, what they're doing, especially in the US and maybe the AMA will get on that boat someday and Speaking of AMA tournaments, uh, we had the second official scoring AMA tournament this uh, two weeks ago. I don't know what week it is, but it was the MC Mini Masters. Uh, We had Mick on to talk about this tournament uh, in our last episode, and you should go and listen to it. And we also surprisingly had a little bit of a soggy start to the day. It was six rounds in a day-long tournament that started at Action Territory in Kenosha, Wisconsin. They have their Wisconsin and Wild West course. And the middle of the Wisconsin round got a little soggy. And then the Wild West round was really soggy. Some really, really, really wet scorecards. We headed over to Kristoff's to play our third round. And we ended up having a little bit of a delay and played both the third and fourth rounds at Kristoff's instead of going to Skokie Sports Park. And then we finished over at Park King. And the final group was pretty funny because uh, me, being a Tom, made the final group in the final pairing of the last round. And I was joined by another Tom and a Tommy, who all were born as Thomases. So all three of us and Mick were in the final group. Tom Schweiss won by one stroke over Mick Cullen to win his eighth MC Mini Masters. Mick won only by one stroke over Tommy Schweiss for second. So it was two strokes between them and yours truly, the other Tom came in fourth. I held off some of the uh, up and coming rookies that they had. Peter Wokowitz one rookie of the year. He played with his son Parker, which then I could remember the name's really easy. It was <laughs> Peter Parker. And uh, Peter had won a Parking tournament in the past. We're also sad to hear that the Parking annual tournament will unfortunately not be happening this year. So this was their opportunity to be part of a tournament that happened at Parking. And then my wife won best dressed and Julie Squice, talking about the family of mini golf, the MC Mini Masters. She won the most aces award with 10 of them over six rounds on some courses that had some pretty hard holes to ace. And Mick has all the stats up on his website, uh, and we included some of them over on amaminigolf.com. Final word on it, still, after the second year playing in it, it is my favorite tournament. It's a binge of mini golf. It started at 8 a.m. We finished close to 10 p.m. Lots of camaraderie, lots of fun playing with lots of people that I'd played with before and had never played with at all and couldn't ask for more of a fun time on a really good mix of courses.
1: Pretty good year for you so far on tournaments. Going to be watching out for you in New
0: Jersey. Uh-oh. Speaking of which, since this is a podcast and you can't see anything, I'm <laughs> going to show it. I got in the mail. Oh, my,
1: even the pod 18. And I forgot 18, about that too.
0: I got my uh, Division II first place trophy, which I was very happy to get from Australia And I was going to start off my news with something else, but I might as well start with the fact that Putt 18 is on to its seventh season, and it begins this week. It'll be a five-week season, and we have a bunch of new people from around the world, including two seasoned mini golf putters in real life, Stephen Skinner and Chris Harding from the UK that will be joining, as well as a few others, I got bumped up to Division One, so no, tro- <laughs> no trophy for me. I I think I was grateful that I didn't have to be in division two because I think Pat's gonna be coming back with a vengeance. He probably should have beat me last season. And Dave Fincher and I fought him off. And I think he's an odds-on favorite in my books to do pretty well in division two. But uh yeah, it's gonna be a fun one.
1: Yeah, looking forward to climbing my way back up to that top division some way, shape, or form. Although division two, no slouches, no in there at all either. I, it is, it is going to be a tight one. Our our good friend Justin Pelletier played really well last season
0: too. So and so did uh, Helen. Helen, oh, yeah, she moved up, right. Helen moved up from Division 3. Helen is from the UK and I cannot pronounce her last name. I think it's like Polish, might be Pajin. She had a great season in Division 3, won that division and moved up to Division 2. So, lots of mini golfers that play competitive around the world in it. Uh one of our sponsors of the podcast and the American Mini Golf Alliance is Putt 18. We're going to talk more about them later this season, so stay tuned for that, but it's a great uh, little league that's worth looking into and joining down the road, but the season's already on its way. And one final in real life announcement about tournaments for a friend of the pod, Brian Akers, who's a USPMGA pro based in the Atlanta area. His Putters League Atlanta is gonna have a tournament on July 16th at the Fringe in Roswell, Georgia. It's gonna be a thousand dollar tournament. It's gonna to be three rounds and we're excited for him to get that tournament off the ground. We're going to talk about some other USPMGA pros and other people that have been organizing tournaments around the country that we think should be highlighted and we hope you go out to. And if you're looking for a list of those tournaments, just broadly, whether it's Putt-Putt, USPMGA, charity tournaments, go to the Squeaky Bagel. Our buddy Gary Schiff has been doing an amazing job creating a list of tournaments and competitive mini golf activities that you can play in. But we got a lot of holy moly to jump into, so Pat, are you ready? I'm episode ready. Seven,
1: Th- three episodes. Let us let's do it. So rolling the calendar back a couple weeks to the night of music, which kind of orchestrated itself out at some point during the Hey-o. episode.
0: Boo boo boo. I don't we, even know what the
1: drop should be for that. I don't pun. even know. <laughs> um. So we get started. So we start with Paul Kano. We have Michael versus Nick. Um, obviously, both of them are music people. They're all going to be music people. The only notable thing about this time was this the second week where they both got the poll during the episode. Mm-hmm. There was some putting in there, nothing overly fantastic, but music band Mike, who makes some children's educational videos, was the person to move on from that hole. And that brought us to the second hole, which was conveniently hole number two, where we had Allie, who does personalized wedding songs, up against Kiara, who was a golfer, singer, like, again, most of the other people in there. Um, neither of the shots were that good. I'd say ali has got a little bit of a bad bounce. They both got slammed into the drink. Allie made hers to move on. Next, we had the pecker, where we had Tyler versus Oki. Um, Ogi being notable, being originally from Indonesia, they didn't say where he was from now. Um, but he got just a terrible break and we've seen a lot of bad putt Mm -hmm. breaks on the pecker this year, um, but did get the feather. So had a chance to come back. We'll talk a little bit about this. I'm sure later on, no idea why he ended up playing the ramp again, the way he did. And ultimately that cost him. Tyler made his, he moves on, and the fourth spot is going to be taken up by whoever wins the Distractor, which we got professional whipcrackers, which Tom and I both did the Leonardo DiCaprio pointing meme, and we're like, wait a second, we've seen this before. Because if you're like us and have watched the Australian version of Holy Moly, episode seven had a world champion whipcracker guy on there as well. We had Emily versus Beth, um, Emily, Dropped her, will quote unquote, first putt. You never know with the distractor, but that's about all there was to it. And she
0: rounded out our four competitors for round two. And then on round two, we had Allie and Michael that headed over to full Mooney. Both of them fell in the water in the obstacle. But Michael got closer on his first putt over the water while Allie was in the sand. Michael finishes it. Allie makes a good run at it. But Michael moves on to the final of the episode. Emily versus Tyler happens on Hollywood where we have some really bad landings. We have a face plant and a near split. Ultimately, they go to a putt off after Emily slams in her last putt that I don't even know how it stayed in the cup. It was really short, but she lips out her putt off putt to give Tyler the win. They also they also both started in the wriggle zone and made pretty good attempts from there for their first putt. We move on to the final of that episode and it's Tyler versus Michael on Big Foot Wedge. Both missed the obstacle. Michael has a way worse lie than Tyler and ultimately that helps Tyler win the episode. Michael was a pretty good putter throughout the episode and so was Tyler. So aside from that, that's episode seven. Now we're on to episode number eight. Was there a themed episode eight? No, it was just one of those ones where they it
1: was no touchy touchy. So it was the, you know, they picked somebody's catchphrase to
0: title it. That's right. I had to re binge all these episodes after getting in on a late flight last night. So my apologies in advance, everybody. We start off round one on Fishing Hole with Alexandra versus Abai. They both get knocked into the water, Alexandria being the professional golfer on some level has a pretty good lie. A bye on the other hand, not so great on his first putt. In his second putt, he walked it out and like lined it up and missed it badly. Alexandria goes on to the second round. Over on Volcano, we had Will versus Ashley, a golf manager versus an artist, and they both ended up in the sand trap and the putt up, and then in the water after two really bad falls. uh, Ashley's fall on Polcano might have been the worst of the season. And what I predicted was they were going to break, and I knew that they would fast forward through the putts after seeing Ashley's first putt, and for good reason. She took some really bad swings at it. Will got out of the sand, got out of trouble, finished it off. Third hole is a hole of interest because it was Matthew Cullen, who's a third generation or the third member of the Cullen family, and he's a teacher out in the Seattle, Washington area, to go up against Obi, a comedian on The Distractor. Matthew Cullen is also a hockey enthusiast, so The Distractor of a hockey game was perfect. On top of it, they had the Kansas City football team's player, Travis Kelsey, up in the booth. All they show is Matt missing and Obi making, they were playing on that artificial ice surface, which is the first time this season, and I think since the first time since season one, where they've put it on a non-turfed surface. Matt missed it, understandably. It's Smooth surfaces for putting is just like a total crapshoot, and yeah. Obi the comedian wins. And then we finish on hole number two with Francis versus Lisa. Both of them go in the water on their first putt, but Lisa might have the worst first putt on any hole in this entire season. The chef slash golfer, Francis, though, does not get the better of the stay-at-home mom. Lisa redeems herself and wins after both of them got into the water on the obstacle as well and hit from the drop zone. Lisa ends up going home with the win in the first round.
1: And then moving on to the second round, we had Lisa versus Obie, who, who I like to call our uh, discount Randy Rice because he looked an awful lot like our good friend Randy. Um, Lisa almost had the redemption on the pecker because she had an extremely close putt going down the channel. Mm-hmm. Got completely slammed by the actual pecker after a terrible jump, so left everyone questioning a little bit her fitness skills. But Obi ones up her and actually gets the hole-in-one that we've been waiting for this season on that hole after a couple near misses, and then does not have to do the obstacle. So he's on to the final by default. But he did it anyways, and he ate it. Well, and I would have done it anyways. I mean, there was no water. It was just foam. Of course you're going to go for it. Uh, Probably would have thought twice about it if there was a water pit underneath there. Yes. And our other semifinal round in episode eight was Back to Hollywood. We had Will versus Alexandria. Will has a pretty good launch, but kind of slides off the first star. Couldn't get himself up on the second star, so he technically ends up in the drop zone. Um, Alexandria just never really jumped and kind of did this pencil dive straight in and face butted the first star. It looked kind of painful. Both of them had... I would say, halfway decent shots off of the the drop zone. Wills was a little bit better using the ramp, and that enabled him to make his second putt. Alexandria's was a little bit tougher being up against the rail, missed it, pushed it wide. So we had Will versus Obi in the final round of big foot wedge. And both of them had very similar putts. Uh, Wills ended up a little bit better in terms of being pin high, a little bit shorter distance. Both of them had really awful attempts at the actual obstacle, kind of going off at a I don't know, 30 degree ish angle. Will didn't even actually touch the ball, just went flying over it. So, hey, they were sitting the same. Will makes his putt. And that makes him our winner for episode eight.
0: One more, now, one more, one more, one more. Almost now there. for the
1: latest one, <laughs> episode nine. And we start off with another one that's not really themed. I think it was just called, is this guy weird? Which we answered that question on the very first hole. Because we have round one, Dutch Courage and Fuego. We have Thung versus Mark. Um, Thung's a dancing pharmacist out of Boston. So shout out Northeast. Mark is... I don't even know if this actually is a thing, a children's book reviewer, but he's also weird and an absolutely kind of awful person that you would never want to play mini golf with anywhere, Mm -hmm. ever. Um, And we'll see why over the, or you will have seen why if you watch the episode over the the couple of rounds there. But uh, at the end of the day... Mark actually does have a decent first putt. No one knows what he was doing in the first windmill. I mean, it literally looked like he just walked right into the, the blade. So good television for us, cleared the second one. He ends up making a second putt to win. Tong has a terrible, terrible shot. And just one note on here. I don't know why people take keep taking weird ass stances for their second putts when in difficult positions on Dutch Courage just hit it with the back of your putter. You had a blade putter. You didn't have to do this weird squatty behind-your-back putt. Um, That's why you lost.
0: Or he could have asked for a left-handed putter. I'm sure they'd just give him one.
1: Or, yeah, he could have just done anything except for what he did. (laughs) Putted it between his legs, he would have had a better chance. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, we uh, see King Parthra's court again, and this time we've got... Kate, who's a paralegal up against uh, Boca Raton Joe, so hey, maybe our good friend Gary knows Joe down there in Florida. Um, both of them and ultimately get end up knocking off their horses because they're doing the whole side saddle thing. Kate has another god-awful tee shot, which we've seen a few over the past episodes, going way to the left, um, but surprisingly brings it back, and they end up in a putt-off that Joe ends up winning and moving on to the second round. That might have been the first time it almost went OB on that hole. I mean, she like chipped it. It was, I don't was know what was going time. on in her head over there. And then we see Donut Hole is the third one. We've got Erica Birdie versus Nathan, who goes by Nate Dogg. And I'm actually wondering if there's a Nathan in the world that at some point doesn't go by Nate Dog as a nickname because I'm not sure that exists. We'll have to ask our other buddy, Nate Kennelly if he's ever gone by Nate Dog. Anyways, uh, Nate's a coffee QA inspector, another made-up job apparently, and then Erica does a bunch of stuff with not-for-profits, big golfer. Um, She has actually a decent good putt as much as you can off of that ramp. Neither of them get through the donuts, although Nate does get through a couple of them ultimately in the pit, and he ends up pushing his second, so Erica moves on to the second round, then to- she goes
0: on to the second round with the most surprising finish to a ball rolling oh, after yes. she looked away. She thought she would missed it. I think everybody watching thought she missed it. And it just had that one last little roll in it that could have, frankly, been the wind. Yeah, I had that here, and I
1: forgot to mention it. It was like we've all had it, right? We've all had the ball stop on the edge, and you just kind of wait there for to the drop in. At this time, it actually dropped in. I love Tess's reaction. I love the real-time. Re- like He went into full sports yeah. broadcaster mode at that point, and it was awesome. And yes, thanks for bringing that up because I don't know how it was skipped over. I probably would have brought it (laughs) up later. I'm sure it's in my notes for later on, on the good side of stuff. And to round out our last round one of the, I guess, regular season of Holy Moly Mm. here, we have Nicole versus Michelle. They were playing on hole number two. It's a water polo player up against the golf fashion designer. Um, Michelle ended up trickling into the water, which we've actually seen a, a lot, and she gets clipped by the last door and ends up just fly Like she almost flew so far in the mud pit that I was worried Mm -hmm. she was going to hit the end of the mud pit. Yeah, There was a lot of inertia that was happening with that one. Um, Nicole also ends up in the water. I mean, she ends up with that putt we've seen a million times where it just ends up in that far corner. Uh, Mm -hmm. Michelle gets a really good drop zone putt and ends up putting her in the position to win as Nicole kind of goes back and forth on her putts. And that is it. For episode nine, round
0: one. And we're on to round two, where I sort of forgot who the people were already, even though I just recently watched the episode. We had Erica, Bertie, and Mark, the children's book reviewer, probably not, on The Distractor, where we had someone playing bagpipes and the dancing fly. Mark misses. Erica makes it. Who knows how many they took? Probably more than two, given what they showed. Erica moves on to the finale. Someone I was rooting for from the beginning works in a nonprofit, helping... Kids out, great. Sign me up to root for her. Then we had Joe from Boca Raton, who is probably the only person who's really been that excited to be from Boca Raton, possibly, (laughs) versus Michelle on the Pecker. They both hit the channel, but Joe gets a way better position. This is like a thing on the Pecker that maybe we should talk about, about how random this whole plays. And ultimately, that position... Gives him the win. They both get hit by the pecker. Joe goes on to the finale against Erica, where they play trap tees. Erica has a great putt over, leaves herself maybe a couple feet from it. Joe has a wild shot that ends up in the water after bouncing off of stuff. I think this is like second or third time in these two three episodes were recapping where there's like ob shots which is super rare it felt
1: like watching a walkabout shot where you just
0: like rip it and (laughs) keep the trigger down
1: so it keeps bouncing around
0: it was it was something but ultimately erica has a great line for a second putt and joe even if he would have had another shot at it if erica missed erica was gonna win and I was excited to root for her to win, but I was also excited for the season to be over because it's been sort of a whirlwind, as I've said a couple of times, I think this summer of the world hopefully opening up again. But also, frankly, this might be the fastest Holy Moly has been aired in the United States. Australia, they had their psychotically (laughs) fast, less than a month long show, 13 episodes plus some bonus stuff. But here- One week- yeah. One a week. Uh, They took one week off last week, I believe. And then we're going to have the finale coming up this coming Tuesday, the 12th of July, which we'll try to do something in relation. We'll probably go live and do something right afterwards on social media. And then we'll do a recap of the season so we can start talking about mini golf in the real world. But This is the section where I talk about some of the holes, and frankly, there was nothing really new. We had a couple of distractors that were, I think all three episodes had distractors, which was unique. It didn't really debut. We had the fly and the bagpiper, and we had the hockey, and we had the whips. We had an ace. We had a lot of, I think it was the first times we saw King Parther, or maybe we had seen it before, but we didn't have anything new. The notable things: Bigfoot wedge. No one ever beat the obstacle on it. I don't even know if it's possible. We had very few when I was trying to go through the episodes. Besides the two people that finished the obstacle on Polcano, Pack, and correct me if I'm wrong. I don't know if anybody landed any of the obstacles, including uh, Hollywood, and in all three of these. No one landed Trap No one. No, somebody did the um. No, that was in episode guy. six. Oh, oh, in this episode. Or, or oh, episode these three episodes, five. yes. Or six. Yeah, no, you're right. Sorry. Uh, and we did have, I guess we had Oki who landed on the pecker and then yep, blew he got his. the feather. Yep. So, not a lot of people doing all of that well on these holes. So, it'll be interesting as we line up for the finals with the expectation if it's anything like season three. Three of the holes that we've already seen will probably come back for the first round and probably the second round as well. And then my guess is they're just going to roll back the the big par fish Dutch. But correct me if I'm wrong, we didn't see Parkade all season and I was kind of expecting that. It was in the background, but we never actually saw it played. No Parkade.
1: And I was gonna hold off until we talked to the final, but I did some some hole analysis here for our winners. So yes. a couple interesting Somebody's gotta things. do it. Yeah. So no player to play Dutch courage won an episode this season. Wow. Yeah. It That's
0: interesting. Interesting.
1: Hollywood was used a lot. We had six people go through Hollywood to win. I mean, most of the time it was the final hole, anyways, but there was two as second rounds. The converse to the Dutch Courage is all three times the donut hole was used, the winner of the donut hole was the winner of the episode.
0: Wow, that's right. Dylan, Erica, and... Uh, Jamie in the first episode. That's right. She had that great putt that they showed in the preview for the finale. So Good call. A couple interesting hole stats as
1: I was going through the the winners, uh, which will we'll talk a little bit more about my my pick as we get to the finale, but I figured drop some of those here. The Dutch Courage one was really interesting because it's such a staple of the show yeah. and you see it a lot, but nope, none of the winners went through Dutch Courage. That's that's super interesting. All right. So then we're on to some Muppet stuff. So though, obviously with three episodes, there was a fair amount, but I will say episodes eight and nine were pretty much all just Miss Piggy centric, which I guess in the grand Muppet scheme of things makes a lot of sense, giving her diva nature. I don't know. We could talk. I I thought actually some of the stuff was funny. I did like the Rob Riggle uh, rom-com say anything uh, bit and what he was doing. What was the other one he was doing? The Jerry Maguire stuff. I thought that was pretty good. Um, and I don't know, did you mention in Episode 7 with the Distractor where they brought Kermit into the
0: booth? I didn't, and I had that in my notes. That was that was probably the highlight for me of the Muppets stuff for this season. Yeah, that was awesome. Otherwise, I, I'm kind of a big fan of all of like, the odd secondary Muppets characters. Like, we didn't have... Did we have Gonzo all season even? No, which... Maybe they're mm. saving him for the finale, which would be a very gonzo move yep. to show up for the finale. But yeah, the Joe from Legal, the bear, the weird dragon-looking guy, like the mm. bits kind of all blended together. I thought they were fun. I don't know if I, any of it was like wildly memorable after a certain point or moves the plot, but is anything in Holy Moly really like plot-centric? No. It's not like you're going to... Jump in the, I think they make it so you can jump in the middle of the season to watch any episode and kind of know what's going on. But it doesn't really matter in the grand scheme of things if you just tune in. No.
1: I think it was a nice change up to add a slightly different dynamic of stuff. And mm-hmm. I guess it's a little bit easier probably to have Muppets be your stars to come in versus, you know, real people. You know, Travis Kelsey excluded.
0: Anything else on the Muppets? I don't. I,
1: I don't. I mean, I don't think that that's it. I mean, it was like yeah. I said, it was, it is what it was, and we had that. So I mean, other good stuff. And we talked a lot about this. Um, I mean, Kelsey in the booth was also really mm-hmm. good. I enjoyed that. Although I was texting Tom when it was happening, you could tell that, kind of tell the shooting order of the episodes because they did not reference at all the fact that he was in the distractor for it so it was probably Mm. filmed before that otherwise it would have been weird not to bring that as part of the discussion and speaking of the shot i love the hockey distraction i would have hated putting on that surface but as a hockey player as somebody had his boston bruins putter uh, on holy moly that would have been one i definitely would have uh sat in on and then um Yeah, I think you mentioned Erica. I liked her as a winner. And the other thing, the thing I did like about episode nine, though, is we got some course marshal Joe action in reprimanding or just like being annoyed with Boca Joe and Mark after Mark broke his putter. So a little bit of CMJ there as we close out the season.
0: Well, I thought it was funny uh, mentioning the hockey distraction Matthew Cullen that both him and his mom were too of the people that Mm. had to putt on non-normal putting areas. I had bumped into Diane, who was a surprise competitor at the MC Mini Masters. Now that she lives out in Seattle, she just showed up and I got to catch up with her. And I know that Matthew was bummed about his showing on the show. And obviously the family is not like going to exclude him from Thanksgiving activities. I think they felt, they felt, they felt bad for him having to putt on that surface. It's just, it's completely random when you're playing on something like that, but it is funny that there's it's only happened twice, and it's you, Diane, yeah. Matthew, and Obi. So three of them are in our like small universe of people that we know well. So Obi, reach out, and then we'll we'll yeah. close the circle. C- c- come hang
1: out with your pseudo twin, Randy Rice, over here.
0: Yeah, let's do that. Second you with the Erica being a winner. Loved her backstory. I really liked. Tylers, this is like super nerdy. The <laughs> putter he was using had like a really really thin blade, and for that show and for people getting in really tough positions, I could imagine him using that blade two-sided and help him out. Of all the people in the music episode, he actually seemed like a pretty good putter. Although I I think when I initially watched it, I thought the putting was a lot worse than it actually was. I think some of the other episodes was even worse putting, but Again, we all say this is a caveat to you wait like hours upon hours in cold weather. They had COVID protocols. It's, it's not easy putting in general, but under those conditions, it's it's really difficult. But aside from that, I'll jump into the bat a little bit more. I, I, my note was just a lot of bad looking putts, a lot of bad approaches. You had talked about it on the pecker that ramp, why are people using that ramp?
1: Yeah, I mean, the pecker, I know we've had other, and I think the Australian season had, what was it? The chicken coop one had the hole mm. that was a really random. And I know that's a little bit mini golf, but the pecker seems to be too overly random in that like yeah. you could completely miss the channel and end up way better I think if you missed the channel and always were in a bad position and then you hit the channel and sometimes it was bad, sometimes it was good would even out. But, yeah, the people using the ramp, I mean, I, like, I guess this last episode was Michelle who did the, the best at using the ramp. But even then, like, there's so much risk. Like, just either hit it nicely over the the berm or just skim it and give yourself – it's like a two-foot putt in there. You're not going to – like, and I guess if you were really in a position, I mean, Michelle, again, I think had to, like, Joe's was pretty close, but o- um, Oki's, like, why? Why did you even try to do it that way? Yeah,
0: he should have just, he should have been laying up at that point knowing that he had a putt right. stroke advantage and been playing for, at bare minimum, like a putt off. But, yeah, strategy's hard. I I think a lot of people that go on this show... Are either really nervous and that makes the putting harder. Some of the people are super loose and in a weird way that can be an advantage to them where they're not like overthinking it. But then there's some people that they just step up and hit the ball and you're just like, what are they doing? Like, I, you know, I feel bad about beating up on that guy named Dubai who was in the fishing hole that one episode, but it was like an incredibly bad putt. Like, it was like, I noted that, like, it was like, yeah, they were, like, two cups to the right. It was like, he was, like, two feet. Yeah. Like, plus. It was, yeah. It's it's always going to be a mix. I like that they get different personalities and characters and people of all sorts of identities on the show. And really lean into, like, anything can happen in mini-golf versus golf and other things. But, yeah. I don't know. they I, I do think that... There is a tendency with this show that the last three at last episodes of the season tend to have less drama in in it. And I think they know that they're, you know, wanting to stack the really fun episodes at the beginning, but I think it harms the finale where you're taking people that in theory are the best putters of the season and having them face off. So yeah, it didn't, this leads great right into uh where we want to go next, the finale. It's coming finale,
1: up. Yeah. So we talked about some of the whole analysis I already did on the winners. Um, so the quick rundown in case you didn't watch like the last 30 seconds of the, the episode from Tuesday night. Here are our winners. So we have episode one who was Jamie who is the young caller early stage pro golfer. Um, and I guess might as well just go through the holes they played. So she played Donut Hole, Polcano and Hollywood. Episode two is our buddy Nate. He played Fishing Hole, Hollywood, and Bigfoot Wedge. Episode three was Katie, the ner- nerdy cowgirl, who we liked because she had the Peter Pan clip in her intro. Played Distractor, Volcano, Hollywood. Episode four was Kathy, who did Pecker, Fishing Hole, Hollywood. Episode five was Slick Slash Slip Rick. Played Hole Two, Cornhole, Fishing Hole, and then episode six was. Dylan, the course owner, Donut Hole Trapteasy, Polcano. Sax player Tyler was episode 7, Pecker, Hollywood, Bigfoot Wedge. Chill Will was episode 8, Polcano, Hollywood, Bigfoot Wedge. And then this most previous episode was Erica, and she had Donut Hole, Distractor, and Trapteasy. So some interesting combinations of ways to get to the final. Um, I'm going to go with my odds on favorite would be Dylan.
0: Yeah, at this point. I I I think Dylan was a really good putter. I think he 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 showed a lot more putting skill across the board. I think our I think Nate Canelli who we had on earlier this season, go back and listen to our interview with him. He's been the most excited on social media, which made me made me believe that maybe even before his episode aired that he could have won his episode. But now I'm like, maybe he won the whole darn thing. I think it's going to be really interesting to see who they pair up in the different rounds Mm. and who gets eliminated and what are the holes, because anybody can win this thing when you're putting, you know, three people against each other. There's a very different strategy of playing the holes where you have to be two people. So you really have to best them and best two people which means you probably have to take a little bit more risks because you're not just trying to beat one person. You're trying to beat them both. I'll be curious to see what holes they use. Last time they used Cornhole, the pecker, and I'm blanking what the third one was. Did they use Fishing Hole? Fishing Hole? I can't remember. No, they used I Fishing Hole they in, did in the Australia. second round. But the, the one that was really weird was that they used the pecker. And that was the one that infamously Biggie choked on a very, very short putt and missed that one. Sorry, Biggie. Uh, it was a, you know, we get it. Uh, it's not trying to rub it in. Yeah, it, it'll be interesting to see the collection of holes they use. I would hope they would not use Parkade because that's, if they use Parkade, the pecker, and something else, it's anybody's game, really. And I do like the second round that they double down on the three versus each other, although the best two come out where you can play a little bit more strategy. I think if, I don't know, it, it it could be a really interesting finale. I don't know that if I'm looking at this list that we have anybody that's like phenomenal at the obstacles across the board or super athletic, gift, athletically gifted like our last season's winner, Rachel. I mean, both her and Tyler were pretty good at the obstacles and pretty fit. You know, we have two... Older uh, women who are in this finale and I think they're the only sort of non between 20s and 40s putters on the list if I'm right maybe Will's in his 40s so that could play a factor but I don't know it could go any way with I mean I think Jamie and Katie probably I mean
1: I was yeah I'm looking at going with the strategy I think like the one thing is if you're a good putter you're always going to have that So if you're going up against two people, even if it's something like parkade, like you could, if you get a crappy lie, you could still pull back from that with a really good putt. Yeah. Right. So, um, yeah, but you're right. Like there is nobody who really did super well on multiple
0: of their, um, obstacles. And I don't like to, I mean, I want either Kathy or Erica to win. But if I had to pick two that I thought had the had the hardest path to winning, I'd put both of them, especially if they go with the parfish fish Dutch. That the obstacles are going to be a little bit harder for them, even though I thought Erica availed herself pretty well. Although on that, I mean the first
1: one, the parquet, that's tough for anybody. But like fishing hole in terms of obstacles go, like, I guess it's and Dutch courage in some ways are the least athletic that you have to do you know you're not trying to jump on something you're not trying yeah. to grab. like you got to have good balance and stuff like that or good timing but as opposed to like trying to grab trap teasy or, yeah. or trying to sprit past cornhole or hole number two
0: yeah i would put money on it that holywood's probably in the finale which I'm i would be happy to see because i don't think the placement matters much as far as the putting no. goes so Fingers crossed. I I don't really know what to say about the season. I mean, I mentioned earlier, it's just been like a fast season. I traveled a lot within that personally. So tracking it all hasn't been as much as the forefront of my mind when we were like really deep in the pandemic and we were kind of eager for entertainment. I'm not saying that it's a bad season though either, but I feel like some of the bad moments of the putting really stood out more than maybe previous seasons. but. Who knows?
1: Yeah, I feel like the high—it had some of the highest highs. Those couple of episodes yeah. in the middle were really good, and then everything else was just kind of eh, to the lower end. So it was just a just a mix, and I think that was another reason why I'm glad they had the Muppets on because it did give something. Like if you took the Muppets away, yeah and you just had season four that was like season three, it really would not have been a memorable season.
0: Yeah, I agree. I I think we're just going to find out, and I I think it'll be better for us to do like a in-the-moment recap of what we see and then maybe sit with it and do a finale thing. And who knows? I mean, I think last year we had on Rachel when we did our uh, season wrap-up, and hopefully we can get one of the winners from this year on the podcast to kind of give us a little behind the scenes, but, uh, I don't know. It's been a fast, fast season, but weirdly, as I said earlier, I'm just more excited to move on to the competitive mini golf side. Maybe it's just myself becoming more intrigued by it and more involved in it and want to want some hardware. And now I've got like the bug, but I
1: don't know. (laughs) Well, the nice thing is about being fast is that, It's over before we get really deep into all of our tournaments and stuff. That's been the problem the past Mm -hmm. couple of years. Like you're doing this while we're playing O Street. Now we've got a little bit of a break that lines up nicely. Yeah.
0: So expect more episodes uh, on competitive mini golf. But um, we got to wrap up this one before we get to the finale. And we're going to do it once again with Big Thoughts Mini Golf. I'm almost certain that this Big Thoughts is a repeat, and there's a good reason. Myself and Pat have played in many tournaments and have talked with numerous competitive and casual mini golfers. We see lots of different points of view about courses using pipes and novelty shoot-throughs, but almost universally, everyone doesn't like the cups with the metal rims that are at the turf level. Sure, it's nice when the ball makes the clink sound when it goes in, But aside from that, why use them? This is an open question that we welcome. Explanations for the use of these confounding cups going forward. You can always reach out to us on social media and tell us why you think those metal rim cups are good. But that's all I've got for my big thoughts.
1: With that, we're at the 19th hole. Until next time, putt when ready.